great to see you this morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. So just to clarify, for anyone who's just walked in, we will be worshipping later, okay? So I'm about to talk about worship, so it felt a little bit stingy if we only gave, you know, a song at the end or something. So we want to make sure we have plenty of time to worship together in a few minutes, okay? Does that make sense? So don't worry, you're not late. It's okay. (laughs) So um, Maria, are you able just to put the first picture up? This is a picture of a, of a, a mum giraffe, a female giraffe, and her little offspring there. So a female giraffe, I don't know if you know this, weighs about 800 kilos. That's quite a lot. And the reason I share that is because this week in our storehouse, our food bank, that's about the amount of food that we gave out to clients this week, about 800 kilos. It's a lot, that's a lot, isn't it? And so what we're finding at the moment is that we are increasingly having to um, to get rid of the stock from our shelves, and, and it's hard just replenishing that week by week by week because there are so many people in desperate need within our community. And so Thursday we served, I think, 50 clients, and if you think that means like families on top of that, that's an awful lot of people within our community. And then there are a whole bunch of other people that we served yesterday, Saturday morning as well. And so what we're finding is increasingly our stocks are diminishing, and then and we're having to actually you know, spend quite a bit of money to make sure that we can do that. But the good news is that we can all be a part of making sure that there is enough food on, on the shelves. Even if we can only bring in a tin or two, there, that, that would be so helpful. And so the way that we can help, as I think we've got, um, I've just... This is, this is our storehouse page, but you can go to, the, you can go to riversidevineyard.com slash donate and you find all the list of stuff that we need currently. Um, there are lists at the back of the auditorium as well, and we will normally update in the what's on email as well, some of those things. So if you want to pause a moment and take a photo and just think, hey, maybe I could add one or two of those items, because... Let's, that's a lot of different items there. But if you can just, maybe if, if you, like, I know we need oil and I know we need nappies right now. So if you can bring in some small bottles of oil um, and some nappies, if you could pick up some extra nappies. I don't know if you buy nappies. I don't buy nappies these days, fortunately. So that's because I've got teenagers, but, you know, they don't need them anymore. But, but for those of us that, that do, then maybe you could add a few sort of extra nappies onto your shopping list, or maybe there's some other things that would be useful. Um, but we would love you to, um, to be able to be a part of being able to serve our community in a really practical, loving way. Because when we do that, we get to express Jesus to those around us. And, um, and that's just an important part. When we're talking about worship, that is an expression of worship as we do that. So think about that as you're walking around the supermarket. Who can you bless? If you're doing that online during the week, maybe you can add a few extra items. So, so please, let's, let's all think about how we can be a part of that. Um, and, and, and yeah, we, we, it's an amazing thing that we get to be a part of here. Wonderful. So this morning, um, we're going to be continuing our series on standing firm. And this was kicked off two weeks ago on Vision Sunday. Um, Andy started this new series from the book of Ephesians. It's part of the New Testament part of the Bible. Um, And he spoke about three specific challenges that we see all around us in the world today. And I'm not going to break those down this morning at all, but um, talking about secularism, expressive individualism, like we all get to do things our own way, 
and that sense of postmodernism as well. And, and so we just, we've got this, society is crazy, isn't it? It's chaotic, it's disordered. There's so much going on in our world that is not right at the moment. And it's really difficult for, for many of us to be able to stand firm within the midst of that. But we have good news with all, all that we have and all that we carry in Jesus. If you missed that talk, can I urge you to go back to that? So um, you can find that on the talks page on our website. But I want to think about, you know, how do we stand firm in the midst of these kind of challenges? And right in the middle of Ephesians, well, sorry, towards the end in chapter 6, it simply has this phrase, stand firm. When life is good, we, we stand firm. When it feels like life is about to topple over, like a Jenga tower. Do you remember Andy had a Jenga tower here a couple of weeks ago? Stand firm. So we're going to draw on the wisdom that the Apostle shares in, uh, Apostle Paul shares in his letter to the Ephesians, particularly thinking about worship this morning. Now, one of the things that we're encouraging everyone to do is to follow um, a reading plan. And you can see a copy of that, um, you might, yeah, just there. I think there's still some copies of that um, at the back there where you can find that online as well. Um, and what we're encouraging people to do is to go through the book of Ephesians um, through the week and then once a week to actually read through the whole book of Ephesians out loud. Now, last week, Andy said that what he did was he walked along, he took his phone out, and he walked to the shops, and he read the book of Ephesians as he was walking along. And I don't know if anyone else had this thought, but if I was doing that, I would probably walk into a few lampposts. And so I was, I, I was looking for any signs of bruising on his head. I think he's okay. But if you want a safer way to do that, you might want to sit down whilst you're reading. Most people sit down while they're reading, right? But um, anyway, so whatever way you do it, it's just a really great thing to be able to read this letter out loud as it was intended to be in the first place. Now, this morning, we're going to jump back a little bit in the passage from what we looked at last week, because we're dovetailing our series with stains, um, and so we just want to make sure you cover the whole book, and so we're going to be doing that week by week, so do join us each week. So Paul's letter here is written to encourage the church in a place called Ephesus. Therefore, we know that it's not written to us, but it's in the Bible for us, to encourage us in our own lives and in our wider church community as well. And so, so Paul you know, starts with his usual greetings, and his letter then begins with this song, this prayer of worship. Now, often we talk about how every good thing starts in God's presence. And this is where Paul begins his letter, in God's presence, drawing people, calling people to worship. So whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or perhaps you're wondering why we gather each week for a bit of holy karaoke, I pray that what I share today will help you understand what is going on and to help you to enter into a deeper place of worship. So what I'd like to do a bit differently this morning, because this is, this is a song of worship, I would love us, if you're able to, to stand and we're going to read this together, okay? All right. So have we, got the, have we got the slides ready? Okay, here we go. So it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. 
In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. So good. Why don't you take a seat? Aren't those just the most incredible words? Aren't they something astonishing? We have so many reasons to worship. And so I, I, just, I just want to share a few thoughts. I want to reflect on those amazing words and help us to understand how, who it is we worship, how we worship, and, and then we'll spend some time worshiping together again. I believe, you know, if we're going to worship and, and stand firm in our faith, I, worship is so important, but it begins by knowing who God is. You know, we don't just worship God because of what he's done. We worship God for who he is. It says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's just an incredible refrain, and it runs through this passage. We see variations of it four different times in just the words that we've read now. But what do we mean by praise? So praise comes from a Greek word, um, epahinos, and what it means is to express approval. We express approval for who God is as we recognize his majesty and his glory. We do that with how we live our lives. But one of the most beautiful ways that we do that is in community with others. You know, perhaps in a small group or a prayer meeting during the week. But then there's something special about as we gather together on a Sunday, as we worship, as we sing out our praise to God. Holy, holy, holy God. All praise, all honor, all blessing, all power belong to him because he's worthy of it all. And so we sing out in worship. That's why we choose to lift him high. You know, we could easily almost rephrase that word worship, though, as worship. We give God what he's due because he's worthy. He is worth it. And worship is what we were made to do as human beings. 
Now, a bunch of Christians got together in the 1600s to summarize what we as Christians believe. And at, the time, at that time, they came up with this line. They said, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Our purpose in life is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. In other words, that's what we were put on this planet for. And when we enter into worship, I believe something begins to change because we're doing what we were made to do. And, and I love it. As, as his presence comes, as we worship together, that's, it's released into the, into the room. We see incredible things happen as we worship together. Maybe we experience some of his power. Maybe even, you know, as we worship together in a bit, you may sense just that presence of the Holy Spirit, just like maybe there's a tingling in your hands or in your heart or in your, in your body. Maybe even healing is released in this place as well. Worship is so central to our faith, and it's our purpose for this life and the next. Now, in the vineyard, worship has been something that's really important to us. It's, it's one of the things that we particularly feel to, called to and gifted and, and something that's been gifted to us. And our vision statement at Riverside Vineyard, for those, maybe, maybe you're going to come along to Newcomer's Lunch a little bit later. Maybe you'll hear this for the first time, but I know that everybody else in the room will know this already. It's worship God, love others, be Jesus in the world. And this passage, as I said, gives us so many reasons to worship. So I thought I'd highlight some of these, these verses here as well. So if you just click onto the next slide there, Maria. So, so we've got this in purple, just this refrain that runs through it. But all these different reasons. He's blessed us in the heavenly realms. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us even before creation. He's made us holy and blameless, even as you shouted at the driver on that roundabout as you made your way in this morning. We have been predestined for adoption through Jesus. In other words, he has made us sons and daughters because of what Jesus did for us. He's freely poured out his grace on us. We are redeemed. We are saved by his blood. We are forgiven He's let us into the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. And I wonder for some of us, some of, some of us think about God as a grumpy old man. He's done that according to his good pleasure, which means he's not a grumpy old man. He loves us. He looks down on us. He loves you just for who the way you are. He's not just waiting for you to mess up or do something wrong, wrong again. He looks down on you and smiles. I don't know who needs to hear that this morning, but some of us need to know that. He looks down on you and smiles. He's letting us into his secret, and he's inviting us into eternity with him, where all things will be made new in heaven and on earth. He's given us an inheritance, and he's sealed it with a promise, and that promise is the Holy Spirit. Because we are God's possession to the praise of his glory, and all because of Jesus. Now, before we sing again, I want to press into some of these ideas very quickly today. So firstly, we worship because we are chosen by grace. You see, each of us are broken people, and we're living in a broken world, aren't we? And yet, when we give our yes to Jesus, 
we are given the most incredible gift. We become chosen people, adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And it means that we have divine privilege that we don't deserve. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done. You are chosen by grace. And so we're welcomed into places that we have no right to be. It's like being on the guest list at some extravagant event. We're invited into places that we shouldn't have any right to be. And verse 6 tells us that we are accepted. Effectively, if you like, we are graced with grace. You know, we can be confident because we are in Christ. We are in the middle of his reign. We get to be a part of that. And it's all possible because we are redeemed through the cross. You see, the cross changes everything. It redefines who we are and how God sees us. Paul writes in another letter of his letters that we have become a new creation. You see, when we give our yes to Jesus, we are redeemed through his blood. Jesus who took on the weight of the world, absorbing every wrong thing that any of us will ever do in order that you and I can be free. Our sins, all those things that separate us from God have been forgiven because of the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. I love that word lavish because it's not kind of giving miserly. It's like lavishing. It's giving from the heart. It's giving everything. It's giving all of it. Now, a much smarter pastor and an author as well. I'm not an author, but, you know, I just say stuff sometimes. So Brian Loritz, he says it like this. He says, he looked upon us standing sinners and intentionally gave up his comfortable seats, embracing the discomfort of the cross so that we might sit and reign with him for all eternity. I love that. Jesus gave up his comfort in order to embrace the most extreme kind of discomfort, in order that we might sit and reign with him for eternity. We are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are sons and daughters, not just until we mess up again, but for all eternity, because of the cross, because it changes everything, and because of what it releases to us. And so we, following on from that, we have just this most incredible inheritance as sons and daughters. You know, as we respond to the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and the salvation that he won for us, we receive this incredible inheritance, eternity with Jesus. Life in all its fullness, now and for eternity, just as the way it was, just the way it was meant to be at the beginning. But you know, it isn't just something that we look forward to when we die. It's a reality today that we start to step into and see some of that. Paul writes that when we believed, we were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And he describes it like a down payment, which guarantees our future with Jesus, the future that he has won for us. You see, we don't have to worry about what's next. And for some of us here today, that's our worry. We don't know what's coming when we get to the end of our lives. 
Verse 11 tells us that he will work everything out. And he gives you and I a down payment for that today, his Holy Spirit. And so as we worship, we'll invite the Holy Spirit to come because we believe that we, are so, we need his presence in our lives. And so we'll invite his presence to come and help us. You know, ultimately, worship is about God. It's to God and it's for God. And yet there's this beautiful thing that as we draw near to him, he draws near to us through his Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit fills us, strengthens us, equips us, and lets us know that God is near and lets us know that we are loved. So we've talked a bit about who and, and why we worship. And before we spend some time worshiping together, I just want to share briefly on how we worship. Now, ultimately, I, I know that worship is a whole life thing. Paul goes on to the right, right to the church in Rome that we should offer our bodies as living sacrifices. Now, not literally, but what he's saying is that we give up everything for him. So we start each day by offering our lives to the Lord. What, whatever you want to do with me today, Lord, have your way. Have your way with me today, Lord. That's a really great prayer to pray as we start each day. Use me for your glory. And I believe that as we let go of our own will and invite Holy Spirit to take over, we start to see some incredible things happen. We start to be empowered to share the good news with those around us. You know, maybe some of the ways that we might do that, maybe we use the Bible to help us worship. You know, there's, so, there's, a, there's a songbook in here, the Psalms, which can really help us as we choose to worship. We might play some music together. You know, maybe some music that you find really helpful. Maybe you uh, play an instrument. Maybe you pick up an instrument and worship. Maybe you spend time, maybe you serve in our food bank or somewhere like that, and you spend time serving those in need. That's a wonderful thing to do. Maybe you just spend time sitting with someone going through a really difficult time. It can all be worship to the Lord. You know, our worship is expressed individually. But as I said earlier on, there's something incredibly beautiful and important about how we worship together collectively as we come together. When we sing together, we get to share that same thing. We're singing the same thing together. And there's something really powerful as we join as one to sing our praises to God. I said earlier about the importance of worship in the vineyard, and so I want to share briefly um, just about our values before we sing together again. And there are five vineyard worship values, and these are intimacy, accessibility, authenticity, passion, and kingdom expectation. So firstly, intimacy. You know, worship is a journey. And so we see that in the Old Testament. We see that with the way that the Israelites would, would go to the temple and there were the outer courts and then the inner courts. And then there was the holy place that only the priest could go to. But then when Jesus died on the cross, at that moment, that, that curtain was torn from top to bottom. And so we are now invited into that holy place with God, that place of intimacy we have this mo- most beautiful thing of like man and woman being able to step into that place and be with God. It starts with songs of praise, and then we move toward intimate songs that help us to simply say, Jesus, I love you. 
I love being with you. You're all I want. You're all I need. They're songs to Jesus, not just about him. The second value is, is that of accessibility. And, and I hope that, you know, we all come with different backgrounds, but hopefully the musical style and the language in the songs make it accessible for all of us to, to meet with Jesus. We want to try and avoid things like jargon and remove barriers from people connecting with Jesus as we worship. We want people to be able to lose themselves in God's presence rather than having to read all the words on the screen. And that's sometimes why we use simple songs, just to enable us to do that, just so we don't have to worry about the next line. We can just use that moment just to worship together. Thirdly, authenticity. We, we want to be real. We sing songs of celebration, but we also sing songs of lament. We don't pretend to have it all together. Sometimes, do you know what? Sometimes on a Sunday... I'm not feeling that great. And so I worship from that place. We worship from who we are and where we are and how we're doing. We come as we are to be real with him, but also each other. And the next value is that of compassion. We want to worship passionately. You know, we're happy to sing out loud, to lift our hands like we would. Maybe, maybe if you go to a football game. I know it's not so loud at the Arsenal Stadium, but um, other stadiums have a lot of atmosphere, and so you might just want to express that in worship, you know, as as you're doing that. You might want to cheer, you might want to clap, you might want to dance or kneel, you might want to cry. Just feel comfortable to express yourself in whatever way you feel comfortable. Sorry, Ben. And then there's that kingdom expectation. You know, God comes to meet us as we worship. We can feel his presence. We feel his love. You know, he speaks to us as we worship. He tells us how much we love him. And and my prayer is that as we worship, the lies that we hear in the rest of our lives get drowned out because we hear the whisper of the one who loves us, the one who created us, the one who is for us, whatever stuff we get into. And we speak to him. And you know, as we worship, something really beautiful is that that often we see healing start to happen. So Dave um, spoke last Sunday in Staines from the same passage. And as they got up to worship together, there was one lady who was healed um, of, I think it was a leg condition that she had as she stepped into that place of worship. We come expectant. Because Andy talked last week about that now and not yet of the kingdom. And and we live in that tension of that place where sometimes we see God break through. We see incredible healing. And sometimes we don't. And we wrestle with both of those things at the same time. But we know that healing is present as we worship. Forgiveness is available. You see, nothing is impossible when God is in the room. Where his presence is, there is power. And we know that there is freedom that comes. So we want and we expect God to move because he is here and we love him. And so we're going to worship together now.